Reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Well, good morning. Hey, before we get going, uh, I just want to say to my beautiful bride, happy birthday, Kina. It's her birthday today. So if you see her later on, wish her a happy birthday. And, and sweetheart, uh, you're the most gorgeous old lady I know. I want you to know. Is that wrong? I shouldn't have said that. When you think of the word comfort, what do you think of? Do you think of a blanket that you just love to snuggle up with on the couch? Do you think of warmth of your home? What do you think of when you think of the word comfort? Is it that big recliner chair that unfortunately you just had to send off finally to the Salvation Army because it really was worn out? Do you think of chocolate cake and what that's all about? Enjoying that. Sitting by a warm fire. Do you think of taking a hot shower and just letting it pour over you? using up all the hot water in the house, but not carrying one little bit. Is that what comfort is like in your thinking? Or is it this picture? A young child who's hurt coming into the arms of their mother. A fireman carrying a child out of the ashes of 911. Is comfort the picture of someone sitting by you on your hospital bed? Maybe comfort is when you're out in the woods and you realize that the people with you, some of those people are trained Eagle Scouts. And that's comfort. 
Maybe it's someone who is holding your hand as the plane takes off and you hit turbulence on the way. What is your picture of comfort? I think as we look at 2 Corinthians this morning, we're going to find that those later images are the ones that Paul is getting at in the book of 2 Corinthians. And the word comfort is going to appear over and over and over again in this book, and especially in this first chapter. It's the Greek word parakaleo. It's one who stands by you to encourage you. One who comes alongside of you to to offer consolation, to lift you up. It really has the idea to come alongside and to strengthen you in the middle of this journey that we're on. It's the word used of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning we're going to look at 2 Corinthians and we're going to ask the Lord to empower us by His Holy Spirit, the Comforter, that we may comfort those in our lives and that we may be comforted by Him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank You for the truth of who You are. I thank You, Father, that You are our Comforter that you come alongside of us all through the journey of our life to strengthen us, to walk with us through the pain, to love us. And Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will pour out upon this body. I pray that your comfort would overflow into our lives. As we look at your word and as we journey together as a family of God, Would your spirit minister to us? And Father, would our hearts, as we're filled by you, flow out and comfort others who are along the same journey? In your precious name, amen. 2 Corinthians. It's actually the the book of 4 Corinthians. We have, uh, as we studied 1 Corinthians, we realized there was all kinds of conversations between Paul and the Corinthian church, and letters got lost along the way. And so what we have really is we have 2 Corinthians and and 4 Corinthians. And so this letter is is the fourth letter of all this conversation, and we've lost a couple along the way. What we're going to look at as a theme of 2 Corinthians is living in the new covenant, and we're going to unwrap that. Living in the new covenant, Christ in us how to be empowered by God, that that there is nothing from us to minister, to live, that doesn't come directly from Christ living through us. And we're going to unwrap that all the way through 2 Corinthians. As Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian church, he's been in a lot of uh, anguish. He's been doing his missionary journeys where he's been attacked on all levels emotionally, physically, the elements are attacking him. The enemy, Satan, is attacking him. He's being, he's being accused of all kinds of things. The Corinthian church can't stand him because he's bringing them truth. And so he's in anguish over that. He's a heart that is 
full of sorrow, he actually speaks of, of a painful visit that he made to the Corinthian church, and, and, and they just ended up really hurting one another. Paul the shepherd has an incredible heart for this church in Corinth, and he's waiting to hear word on how they're doing and what's going on, and he's waiting for Titus, and, and Titus doesn't even meet up with them, and so he's, he's in anguish over that. And so Paul, is, as this letter is written, the heart of a shepherd is one that is, is in anguish and longing and wanting for, for this church to, to come to really know Christ. And it's a response to some of the word that he's heard about what's happening in the Corinthian church, and he wants to minister now to them. What, what was the original letter that was very, very much challenging all the sin that was going on in the church, this letter becomes very personal. And what he's seen in the Corinthian church and now wanting to build them up as many are starting to repent and come to Christ, he wants to remind them of who God is in their lives. But he writes this letter as one who has suffered much. And it's very amazing to me as you look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have been attacked on all levels. I have suffered in every arena of life. And dear church, blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. He draws back to what is true. Our God is worthy of honor. Our God is who is in charge of our lives. Our God has given us salvation. Our God has given us life. Blessed be our God. And so he praises God to the Corinthians. As he wants to come along their side... Blessed be Him. Acknowledge Him. He is the source of all blessing. He brings us blessing even in the middle of trial. And one of the things that He's going to bring to the Corinthian church that is struggling, as we do in our lives, He's going to remind us and teach us how is it that God is with us in the middle of this? What does it look like? Who is God in the middle of the fire? Where is God in the middle of the suffering? And so Paul goes right into the character of God. Let me remind you who God is. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion or mercies, and the God of all comfort of parakaleo coming alongside. First of all, you need to know, Corinthian church, you need to know coal community. As you go through this journey, this Christian life of ours, you need to be reminded of who God is. He is the Father of all mercies. That is one who recognizes your state of depravity, your state of hardship. He, he sees it. He knows it. But He doesn't just look at you and go, I hope you make it through. 
God is compelled, and because He is love, to enter in to that. Because He's your Heavenly Father. And you're His children. And so He steps right in, and He's moved into this pitiful state that we often find ourselves in, where we're broken to the core. You know, it's the reality of life, and you guys have lived... Some of you have lived longer life than I have. And you've suffered much. And you've experienced God come in as the Father of mercy and the Father of comfort. Because it's true of who He is. Just raise your hand. Tell me if you've experienced that from God. Look. Do you know why there's so many hands? Because it's true of God. He is the Father of all mercies. He enters into that state. My Father has taught me this, living this out. He's taught me as, as, as we walk along the streets of San Francisco, and He's always done this. See, my Father grew up uber-wealthy, And then his father lost all his money and then he ended up in an orphanage. Absolutely poor beyond all means. Out of that and the hardship of being in the orphanage, it's not just being poor, it's being abandoned. Out of that, God has given him an incredible heart for the poor an incredible heart for those who are abandoned and alone. And so it's really beautiful to, to watch as he'll come alongside someone on the street, that who, one who has no home, who's isolated and alone and has nothing. And they're not even begging, they're just alone on the street. And just to come alongside and to say, I acknowledge you as a person created by God. And God just wants me to tell you that He loves you and He knows you. And he sees your state, and he wants you to know him. And then he will. He's set aside, he's purposed in his heart because God has given them this to give them not just a little money, a lot of money to go get a hotel room and get a shower and food, nice food. That's just, that's what the Holy Spirit does in him as he reflects a God of mercy. And that's what God does. That's the character of our Lord. Praise be to that Father of ours, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. It's not just a little bit of comfort. It's not just comfort sometimes. 
It's God intervening into our lives and parakaleo and coming alongside us. When we're in that darkest spot, when our souls cry out as a deer pants for water, he stands beside us. You cannot miss, as Paul is ministering to the Corinthian church, the character of God. He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. We had a football game yesterday. I'm head coach for my little guy's 10-year-old team, second year at tackle. And our quarterback, Dominic, he's the greatest kid, great athlete. And man, he, he, he had some incredible runs yesterday. But one of the runs that he took, he went, he went right, it was actually kind of a, a botch snap and he was supposed to throw it over to the right, but it, it was just a bad snap. So he had to just get the ball, and then he went right up the middle, and he just got hammered. And, man, he, you know, guys get hit, and they're kind of down from it. They lose their wind or whatever, and, and, and they're down from it, but he really got hit hard. And, and I was standing over him. Actually, I was on my knee. And I'm like, I'm holding his hand. I'm emotional this morning. <laughs> but I'm holding his hand and I'm like, Dominic, I'm right here with you, buddy. We're going to go through this together. We're going to get through this. I got you, man. I got you. It actually took quite a while. He really did take a hard hit on his hip. And... Uh, and then his dad, his dad was there also, and we, we brought his dad. His dad didn't know if he should come out on the field. I'm like, no, get out here, get on the field. And then his dad did the beautiful thing. Picks up his boy. Walks him off the field. And just comes along his side. And, and I gathered the whole team, and we just prayed over Dominic. You see, that's the character of God. That's what God does. We, we are taking hits, and you guys know this because you experience this. We are taking hits all the time. Our bodies are frail. We're physically just a mess. Our children are abandoning the faith, and our hearts grieve. We've lost somebody in life, and our hearts ache to the core. We take hits every day, each of us. And God, through Paul, wants to remind you, I am the Father of all comfort for you. To be right by your side and to strengthen you. I will not abandon you in the middle of this. He is the God who comforts us in all of our trials, in all of our troubles, in all of our affliction, verse 4. The idea is that He comes along our side, continually by our side, in all the different struggles that we may face in life. Affliction has the idea of, of this incredible pressure that we feel overwhelmed, that we, we are getting attacked 
This idea of being pressed, it, it's, the, it's the, the concept of, of that which turns your stomach into knots inside out. I mean, that could range from, honestly, just going to work tomorrow, that you're just, you have a lot of weight at work, and it's turning upside down. And the stresses of that are impacting you in incredible ways. It's impacting your family because you are trying to take on all this weight and you're not allowing God to to come in and and comfort you. You're kind of trying to fix it yourself when God's saying, let me be the God of all comfort to you to strengthen you in the middle of this. Let me come alongside in your affliction and minister to you and where you're at. And I think the Lord wants us to renew our minds. That this suffering, that this affliction is not an accident at all. It's a divine appointment. It deepens our faith. Like Adrienne shared that beautiful passage this morning. It's in those moments, in our deepest sorrow, in our our anguish, that we receive that full grace of God in our lives. How do we know God on a deeper level? You guys know this is true. We know God on a deeper level and we receive his comfort as we go through suffering as we go through affliction. This is our spiritual journey as followers of Christ. But he does not leave us alone. He is the God of all comfort. To follow Christ is to follow him into suffering. This is true of our journey. But he doesn't leave us bundled up in the corner with no hope. He pours out, he pours out, and he keeps pouring out. He is the source of all comfort, and it's ongoing. Comfort is his blessing. So blessed be you, Father, as you comfort us. And blessed be you, Father, because we know that you're in control of this suffering. And that you have this divine appointment for us. There's comfort in his blessing. But it's really interesting, this passage in 1 Corinthians. As Paul is trying to remind us of, or 2 Corinthians, excuse me. As Paul is trying to remind us of who God is in the middle of the trial. He says that God is the God of all comfort He comforts us in all of our troubles. Look at verse 4 very clearly. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. He comforts us in all of our troubles. Does He comfort us so that we just feel better.
It's like, oh, good, now I feel better. He has purpose in the suffering, and he has purpose as he pours out his comfort on us. Is, does he comfort us just so we'll be comfortable? I don't think that's his work in our lives necessarily. He seems to give us real clear purpose in what he's doing with us. Not only, not only is he pouring out his comfort into our lives, his strength, his parakaleo coming alongside, not only is he doing that, but as he is doing that, now he moves us by the power of his Holy Spirit. Now he moves us into coming alongside one another. This is why we need the body of Christ. Because there's so many times we, we don't have any strength at all. And God's intention is to use you as you've been comforted by him to come alongside one another with the same comfort that you've received. It's the flow and overflow principle. God has poured out this abundant comfort. Now he has poured it into your lives and now it's to spill out into those who need someone to parakaleo to come alongside of them. Look at the front of your bulletin. I had Ray Lynn put this image because I want this image to stick into your brain. That top one has received comfort from God. That top bowl. We are this pot. And we've received all this comfort from God. We're not to be a reservoir. We're to be a waterfall. And we're to flow out now into each other's lives. And I want you to really think And again, this is through the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to ask God, God, I have gone through this suffering and I am in the middle of this. But yet, even in the middle of this, Father, as I have received your comfort, who do you want me to pour this out upon so that they may also know and receive your comfort? Ask God to give you that. We're not to be selfish in our suffering. It's not just about us. God wants us to step into each other's lives. You think, oh, I've got to take the seven-course class. There must be seven steps on how to do this right. And although, you know, there's some good counseling classes to help you love each other with comfort. You don't need a seven-step class. You want to know why? Because you live in it. You've received the comfort of God. You have lived it. And so now we pour it out into one another. All that we've received from God. Oswald Chambers says, if we're going to be used by God... He will take you through a multitude of experiences that are not meant for you at all. They are meant to make you useful in His hands.
Didn't we sing that beautiful song this morning? Lord, my life ransomed unto you. Here it is. And I have received your overflow of comfort in my life. And so now, here's my life unto you, Father. What do you have? Don't be selfish in your suffering. We need you. Do you understand that? We need one another. We can't do this Christian journey on our own. We're not strong enough. And God will step into your life, because that's who God is. But he uses the body of Christ to be his hands and feet in that. Just to come alongside. You know, that's, that's how this beautiful ministry and these beautiful women started this widow's connection that we have here at Cole Community Church. The ministry that started because they realized the pain and the grief and the suffering that went with the loss of a spouse. And they felt somewhat isolated and alone. And then they started to realize God has comforted me in so many ways. I want to comfort another woman so that she'll understand God's love through this journey together. And it just keeps loving widows. And the flow and overflow just keeps happening and pouring out. That's what God's doing in this church. These beautiful women, they're like elephants. Do you know? Do you know about elephants? Here's what's true. No, don't miss this image. I know that's sort of silly. But they're like elephants. Elephants, when they lose a little one, or when one dies in their pack, it's a beautiful image. You can go National Geographic or whatever. But they come together and they lock trunks together and they intertwine their trunks one to another as they grieve over the loss of one in their pack. And I think that's what God is calling us to do, is to lock our trunks together as we grieve and as we suffer and as we go through affliction and to just be by each other's side with the comfort of God that we have received. We all face affliction. We all face hurt and suffer. And there's choices in the middle of that. You can choose to shake your fist at God and say, God, how dare you? Why me? This isn't fair. What kind of God are you? Don't you know how I've tried to live a righteous life? How dare you allow this in my life? That's a choice you can make. Or you can renew your mind through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. And let Him comfort you and remind you that God has purpose in your life. And receive His comfort 
The suffering is no mistake. It's a divine appointment with you. Not only to minister to you and to grow us in our faith, but to minister to one another with the comfort of God. Joni Erickson Tata, who was paralyzed, said, You don't have to be alone in your hurt. Comfort is yours. Joy is an option. And it's all been made possible by your Savior. You see, He went without comfort so that you may have comfort. He postponed joy so that you might share in joy. He willingly chose isolation so that you might never be alone in your hurt and in your sorrow. Verse 5. For as we share abundantly, do not miss these words, as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. As we share in those sufferings, so through Christ, don't miss this, the abundance in suffering, we share also in the abundance of His comfort, of His parakaleo. What is true of Christ is true of us. We are placed in Christ and Christ in us. He suffered greatly so that we could have life. He suffered for us and His eyes were fixed on the Father. Your will be done, Lord. Christ suffered and so shall we. Verse 5 is beautiful though because you cannot miss how it is matched. There will be an abundance of suffering. But just as equal to that, there's this marriage of suffering and comfort. And it's equal. God knows the suffering you're going through and so He just pours in the amount that you need of His comfort to strengthen you, to come along your side, to just be with you. That's who our Father is. Comfort is given so that we may come alongside someone like little children who have an incredible fear that there's someone under the bed, a monster. And it's not a laughing matter, is it, for a little child. And so we become the ones who enter in. And in order to alleviate the fear and, and the absolute anguish of heart for a little child, we as parents come into that bedroom and what do we do? We look under the bed for them. And we say, Joshua, there's nobody under this bed. And I'm right here with you. There's nobody here. That's what God has called us to be. We need to look under the bed for one another. To remind each other of who God is. To remind each other of 
of His strength when we're fearful to encourage us to be our life. And we look under and we learn together to trust God and have faith in Him who is our Creator and our Savior. This comfort is given out. You know, it's interesting in in this passage this morning, there's the promise of God's comfort in our lives. But there is not the promise that he's going to take us out of the suffering. And you just need to know that. We all do. He doesn't say, I'm just going to deliver you from that. But he does promise he's right there with us. And he moves us with one another to come along each other's side. How do we come along each other's side in the suffering and in the trial? You know, very simply, like the widow's connection, we just come alongside. A lot of times we stand back from each other because we don't know what to say We don't know how to enter in. We just come alongside. And we just hug a person. You don't have to have any profound words. You just come alongside. Maybe the Holy Spirit will give you some some words from the Scriptures, the Psalms especially, to just remind each other of who God is. But don't feel like you have to have it all figured out. But please don't stand back from one another because I don't know how to do this. There is no knowing how to do it. We just enter in with one another. And it's not like you've had to suffer the same thing. Well, they have cancer. I've never had cancer. I don't know how to enter into that. He says, I have given you comfort for all of your troubles so that you may comfort in any trouble with the comfort you've received from God. You see, as we suffer together, we've suffered. That's enough. So whatever your suffering is, although it may be different, we're still called to enter in with one another. We all have this ministry of the Spirit to come alongside each other. And I think God is calling us in this passage not only to come alongside each other, but to really renew our minds and what God is doing with us right in the middle of our suffering. And just say, Father, thank you for your comfort. Blessed be you, God, the Father of all comfort. Minister to me and show me how I may minister to others. Show me what you have for me in this suffering. And just ask him to renew your mind. I know there's fist shaking. I know we get angry when we suffer. But trust me, the Holy Spirit will start to speak to you as you call upon Him. And He will comfort you. May you receive this morning God's comfort in your life. Let me just pray. Father, together as a body, we ache and we grieve and we hurt. And I pray this morning that you would help us to receive your comfort 
Father, would we open our eyes and our hearts to, to know who you are as God, our beautiful Father, who views us as your beautiful children, a Father who comes along our side and who strengthens us and who nourishes us and who comes alongside in our fear and our anguish. And Father, give us your ministry to one another. Give us your eyes for each other. Help us to enter in with one another, I pray. We love you, Lord, and blessed be you, O Father, the God of all comfort, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you, Father, for your life in us. In your precious name, amen.